when I was carrying them from the office, I did not put the scripture reference on the notes. My goodness. And uh, um, so anyhow, you better write it down, but uh, they're there, and uh, you're welcome to them. But Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 25, and uh, has anyone got a word of testimony you would like to give? Amen. Right quickly before we get into the message. Anybody would like to stand up and brag on the Lord or share a word? Amen. We missed this this morning. We're going to miss it tonight. Amen. Go right ahead. Amen, amen. And it is so good to have Miss Debbie with us tonight. And uh, we appreciate that. And uh, we're, just, we're just thrilled with that this evening. Ephesians chapter number 4. If you find your place, let's stand together one more time. Honor of God's blessed word, amen. In honor of God's blessed word. Ephesians 4 verse 25. Wherefore put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Notice verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Notice verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that may have to give to him that needeth. Notice verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying, that may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Notice verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. Notice the words, be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I'm going to ask Ed Morgan, if he would, to lead us to the throne of grace. Oh, yes. Amen. You'll be seated. We have been looking at this thought of building a house the Lord blesses. We've looked at site preparation. We're, we've used the idea or the analogy of building this church that was built in 2003. We, we looked at the site preparation. Last time we came here, we looked at digging the footers. We looked at how that those footers had to be dug a certain way, and all the building really sits on top of the footers. Well, tonight we're going to talk about a part of the building that's not really talked about. Matter of fact, I guarantee you, 
nobody has talked about it here today. I, I guarantee you, you've not even given it a second thought. And yet it is one of the most important parts and aspects of this building. Before I tell you what it is, let me tell you a story. A man by the name of Thomas Wheeler, CEO of Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance Company, tells this story. Him and his wife was driving on the interstate highway and got low on gas, so Wheeler wheeled into a service station, old run-down gas station, and just one pump and one lone attendant. And he, and he pulled up and he said, fill her up, and got out, and he was stretching his legs. And when he come back, he noticed the man was talking intently with his wife, and they was just engaged in this, in this animated conversation. And so he paid the man, got back in the car, and he said, what's all that about? She said, well, to tell you the truth, that I used to go to school with him. Matter of fact, we dated for over a year. And he said, man, I bet you're lucky that you married me or you'd be the wife of the gas station attendant. She said, oh, baby, you're just so wrong. If I'd married him, he'd be chief executive officer and you'd be the gas station attendant. Amen. I love that. I love that. As we move into this part of the building tonight that, that we never talk about it. Yet, to be honest with you, if it didn't work, we would all know it wasn't working. We would all immediately, when we walked in the door, know that it wasn't working. And that is the sewage system. As a matter of fact, this church here, uh, it is one of the most important parts of this building. One thing about being here when it was built, I know how everything was built. Our sewage and our restrooms comes out, goes down the hallway to about middle ways, back here to back. And then uh, it comes down this way to, to a big old round, round tank out here to the left-hand side. And inside that tank is two pumps that pumps it all the way to the road and when it gets up there, it makes a turn and goes down to a manhole. When we built the fellowship hall, we just come straight across and tied all of that building into this building, and it all comes out there. I, we was we was had done all the siding, and they brought this great. It's an old build tank. I mean, you can get down in it, and I don't get in, but wouldn't recommend you getting in. But that's me and I being in it. And it's, it's humongous. They backed that thing down through there, and it's just coming ever so slowly. And about halfway between this wall here, the dirt had been filled in. And when that, time, when that flatbed truck got back there, I mean, without a split second, it went, I mean, clean to the axles. It just sunk. Well, they unloaded it, and it's hilarious seeing him try to get that thing out. But anyway, they set the tank. And uh, now I've learned a lot of things in going to Bible college. I've learned the how to, to do a funeral. They taught us how to do a funeral. They taught us how to do Lord's Supper. I was taught how to baptize. And I, I was taught how to baptize a real big man all by myself. You drop him in and hold him down till he drowns. 
No, no, you, I, can, I can baptize a real large man all by myself. But you know the one thing they never taught us, and that is, when it's preaching time, and somebody comes up and says, Pastor, the bathrooms are running over. No, no, they never told you how to deal with all that stuff. But the truth is, it does happen. It does happen. As a matter of fact, if the septic system in this church didn't work, we'd all know it. As a matter of fact, if the septic system didn't work, it'd be deadly. It can be deadly. It can bring disease. It can bring a whole lot of heartache. True story. We had this $825,000 building built. Only two things we needed to get done. We needed to get the parking lot finished. And Lord saw fit to let it rain, rain, and rain, and rain, and rain. And tying the sewage system up here at the road. But the architect had it coming to the road to the middle of the highway and tying in. When we got up there, now just imagine the building's finished and DOT says, you're not cutting into that road and stopping traffic. Man, I'm sweating this thing. What in the world are we going to do? Praise God for the town manager because she sent the dude that's over that and he figured out a way to run it down the road into a manhole and the town paid for it. And I say, hallelujah. Now, there's no way at all you can do without it. You'll not get a certificate of occupancy if you don't have the sewage system in place. And you say, well, well why? Well, it's pretty obvious, amen, why you got to have one. Right there is why I want to jump in because I'll be honest. There's a whole lot of things in people's homes and the house they're trying to build that's nothing more than just waste and filth. And it's disease and it's destroyed and it can kill a home. And, and things that forever need to be disposed of and never allowed to see the light of day. You'll never, you'll, you'll never see the sewage system in this church unless you dig up some things. Because it's all buried. It's all underground. And tonight, I, I was just thinking, there's some things that some of you tonight, if, if you could get just another, if you could just lay aside your pride for just a, just a little while, take a good Holy Ghost shovel and bury some things and never allow them to be dug up again, you can bring joy back into your home. Because don't you miss this, no amount of framing, wiring, shingles, can help a home survive if you don't have a septic system. Amen. No amount. No amount. Amen. Thank you very much. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Devil's a liar. I, I said, I know the devil said, now you know the mission fund is going to drop like a box today. With everybody. You know, the devil said, you know some of them spent their mission money at the beach? Hallelujah. He's a liar. Mission offering tonight is $1,211.51. Now I say amen, lying rascal. But no amount of paint on the walls or flowers in the yard I make up for the human waste running through the bedrooms, the living rooms, the kitchen. They disease and they poison the home. Now I'm not talking about the, the things that corrupt the home from the outside in like alcohol or drugs and pornography, and they're deadly. 
No, I'm talking about the things, the, the sewage systems inside the house. I mean the things that corrupt the home from the inside out. Sins of attitude and action. Now tonight, by the way, how many's ever used an outside, an outhouse? How many's ever used one? Okay. How many of you young people have ever used one? A few of you. Praise God, don't it make you appreciate a good bathroom? Amen. Three o'clock in the morning, you got diarrhea and it's cold as all get out. Amen. But tonight, I, I got three. But I'm praying, please, would you allow the Holy Ghost to God to speak to your heart? Would you allow the Holy Ghost to God to speak to that that's in your house? I, I just got three. I don't have time to cover them all. But these three are so deadly. Number one, there is the Human waste of uncontrolled anger. Oh, it's deadly. It's deadly. Be ye angry and sin not, the Bible says. And let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now the ideal is simply this. There's going to be things in life that's going to make us angry. We're not going to scart through life and not be angry over some things. Now here's, the, here's what I want you to get. Nowhere, nowhere does God ever give permission for an anger to be out of control. Listen to what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Be not hasty in spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. I ain't forgot what I'm saying. Let me sink in. Proverbs twenty two twenty four. Listen to this. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. Proverbs twenty nine twenty two. An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. James James one twenty says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. There are many homes just filled with uncontrolled anger flowing through it. It's terrible. There's ladies that lives with men with who are as explosive and unpredictable as a roadside bomb. Oh, I would to God. God would give me liberty and it would even be ethical just to share two or three stories. I mean recent stories. Of ladies that's come and said, I'd rather die than live with his anger anymore. That's bad. But let me tell you the true story from a preacher that I read. Preacher said I was about five or six. My mom told me to go kiss my dad goodnight. He's watching TV and eating some snack, and I came up and kissed him on the cheek, unaware that he still had a bit of something in his jaw. He spun like a cat and backhanded me across the place. I went airborne over the coffee table. There were times he would look at me and say, Oh, you one, 
Meaning, he said, you're going to get it with a belt, not even knowing the why. I grew up with every cuss word in the book, knowing every cuss word in the book, because he used them all on me. Screaming was the normal order of our day in our house. I walked on eggshells every single day of my life. The straw finally broke one day when he was screaming obscenities and, and, he, and he said, I was just nine and he's towering over me in Carson. And he said, don't you dare cover your ears. I'm a talking to you. And his temper wouldn't let him hear that he wasn't covering his ears. But we, he balled his fist and it swung and he would have killed him. But his dear mother stepped in between them and took the lick. She screamed, run to the neighbors. And that man left when I was nine. Later on road, he said, the reason I took martial arts, because I had, and God earned a black belt, because he said I had every intention. When I was a man, I was going to kill him for what he had done to me in my life. And God saved him and called him to preach. And he went on to tell how that he had to get along and God had to just deal with his own uncontrolled anger that had come from living in a home of uncontrolled anger. There's never an excuse for uncontrolled anger. I assure you, I'm sure you, Tim, could stand back there and testify to the homes where he's been in the midst of uncontrolled anger. And it ain't a pretty thing. It's sewage running through the house. Jesus got anger, angry, but never out of control. He said this, and the Jewish pastor was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and changers of money sitting. When he made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen put out the changers' money and overthrew the table. And he said unto them, So take these things hence, make not my house a house of merchandise. Got angry, but he never was out of control. Now don't miss this. I know women can have an anger issue. I, I've known a couple women that are that, were, that have an uncontrolled anger about them. But let me say this, it's mostly a husband and a father and a man issue more so than it is a woman. Now that may have changed, but for the most part it seems to still be that. This thing of violence uncontrolled is sewage. It's sewage running through the house. Proverb writer said this. Now listen to this first. Please get this. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down. And without walls, the enemy comes in anytime he wants to. He that had no rule. There's nowhere God said we should not rule our spirit. Let me help you. It's not being masculine having an uncontrolled anger. It ain't being big man. Ain't nothing about it good. And, and, and so... Number one, an uncontrolled anger. And don't, don't miss this. People, people are good at hiding it. And people are good at hiding it. And, uh, and sometimes they sit close to you and you don't even know it. 
I want to tell you something. It, it's, it's, it's raw sewage running through the house. Are you listening? Are you listening? Uncontrolled anger is like raw sewage running through this building and running through the bedroom and the kitchen and the living room of your house if it's there. And just like raw sewage, it'll disease, it'll kill, and it stinks. And it's nasty. Number one, uncontrolled anger. Do you have that one? Well, you need to get the septic tank fixed and just get it out of the house. Number two, don't miss this. This one is just as poisonous. Unforgiveness and bitterness. Unforgiveness and bitterness. Hebrew writers said, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you. And notice, and thereby many be defiled. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Are you listening? Your stinking pride and unforgiveness will bring sewage and defile the entire house. It'll defile every room of it. Unforgiveness. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Man, I need forgiveness this week. I got a hunch I'm going to need forgiveness next week. I know I'm going to need it in the next couple weeks. I have no right. No, you've got no right. Nowhere does God ever give you the right not to forgive if you've accepted His forgiveness. And a good sign, and a good sign that you're not saved is that you won't forgive. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if you, for if you from your heart forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Mark eleven twenty six. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now bitterness is a poisonous result and refusal to forgive the wrongs that have been done to you. And when a person gets like this, ill defile, mom, dad, girls, boys, you refuse to forgive. Ill defile everybody in the house. A young couple goes through a period of separation. And she does things and he does things they shouldn't. They're willing to forgive. God put that thing back together. And they can have a sweet marriage. And God will allow it all the bitterness to go because of forgiveness. But when we posture ourselves, when we posture, I refuse to forgive. You posture yourself to let the sewage of unforgiveness run into every room in the house. Could you imagine? Just think with me. Could you imagine going home and something crazy happened 
and all the sewage in your septic tanks or in the city line, wherever you're at, comes back up through the commodes and starts running through all the... Could you just imagine in your imagination when you open the door what that would be? That's what you have when you have unforgiveness in the home. Are you listening? That's what you have. It's amazing. Most people don't go that way. May I say some dear people I know and love are not real big into honestly forgiving and moving on. There are people that hurt them and they've, they've given lip service. I forgive them. But you know, they've not really ever forgiven. Isaiah 43, 20, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. It is a voluntary choice not to bring things to mind. A home, a home will always have the sewage running in the house as long as there's unforgiveness. And you say, why do we need that? Because of Romans 3.10, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. And the only thing that's stopping from your marriage and home to be and your dreams to be what they ought to be is forgiveness. People say, I won't forgive him. He doesn't love me anyway. Why should I? Let me answer that question. Because Jesus loved you. And you say, but when did Jesus love me? He loved me first when I didn't love him. And he forgave me. Some of you tonight, and I don't don't even think I got enough boxes. But some of you tonight, I can fix your life. But you got to do something. Here's what you got to do. Now I ain't got but five. I just didn't have but five boxes. I spent too much money on illustrations. I wasn't going to go spend no more money. But you may have to buy your own box. It'd be worth your dollar to spend it. Some of you need to come up here and get you a box. Well, you might get the biggest box you have here. And you need to go home and get you a piece of paper. And you need to write down all the past that you keep dragging up and beating somebody over the head with it. Just write it down. I, I, I know, I know, and it's okay. I know you think I'm perfect, but you know what? Miss Steins knows I'm not. That's okay for you to think that. But Miss Steins knows I'm not. We've been together 39 years. And if she wanted to, she could stand right there and tell you things in my past. You go, ah! He does that! She could take things that I've not done right. And she could bring them all to past. I know you think Miss Stodge is perfect, and I'd like you to know she is. Amen? Uh huh. She's got a past. But you know what we decided a long time ago? We decided 
We put all of that in a box. I don't care what it is. And what you need to do is you need to take that box, you need to go home and get you a shovel. Or a shovel, or whatever you want to call it. Or a matic, whatever you have. And dig you a hole, and you need to put it in, and you need to cover it up, and you need to never mention it again. Would, is there anyone here that does not have a past? Oh, so we all got one? We all got a past? We've all not treated somebody in our house right? We've all made some mistakes? We've all blowed it? We've all done things and look back now and say, man, that's stupid. Have we all done that? And why do you want to hold on to that? You just need to, you need to take your shovel and you need to bury that thing and you need to, you need to agree. I tell you what, we are not from this day forward ever going to dig that back up ever again. If we're going to fight, we're going to have to have something that you've done today. Amen. We're going to have to have something new to fight about. Because unforgiveness is just like that sewage. That's a running out yonder in that tank. It's stink. It's nasty. It's nasty. And I'm telling you, it, I, I'm glad it's running through some pipes and running out through there, and it's got a good lid on it, and it pumps through the road, and none of us never know what's ever happening because we don't go digging it up. We don't go, we don't go digging it up. We don't go opening the lid and playing in it either. We don't do that. We don't do that. We leave it alone. And some of you could have some joy back in your home, in your marriage, in your life. Could be everything it should be. Because I'm going to be honest with you. And if you don't, then all you're doing is allowing the sewage to just keep running through the house over and over and over and over again. You know what was done to you 20 years ago? You know, she done this. You know, you can't change that. You can't change that. So while they continue letting that sewage run through the house, oh, I want you to know, I'm glad there's some sewage. Number three, number three. Number one, uncontrolled in anger. And I said, Holy Spirit of God, please allow you to see what's in your life that's nothing more than human waste and sewage. An unforgiveness and bitterness. And number three, an unfulfilled expectation. An unfulfilled expectation is always burst in selfishness and self-centered individuals. An unfulfilled expectation. Philippian writers said this, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, that him esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man to his own thing, but every man also to the things of others. Selfishness, 
self-centeredness is nothing more than an unfulfilled expectation. It's nothing more than sewage running through the house. And I'm going to be honest with you. You never fulfill a selfish individual and self-centered person. When it's all about you, when you've got the me, 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 it's all about me, me attitude, I'm going to tell you something. Everybody in the world will never meet your expectations. Never in the world. Never meet them. But it is when you allow, instead of an unfulfilled expectation, when you learn to serve. The opposite of selfishness is serving. I've noticed something in tw- over 20 years of pastoring. Uh, it's the most amazing thing I've seen. The people that, that serve have a sweet spirit. Those that refuse to serve, they have a expectation that's rarely ever filled. That's rarely ever fulfilled. You know why? Because you're the only one who knows what you want. <laughs> I mean, I, how are we going to meet an expectation? I, and, I, and, and please, please, please don't boo me out. If we could just lose the me, me, me attitude, the more pleasant your life will become. You young people that are not... I, I, I can solve every marriage there is. Every, every issue, every conflict in every family, in every home, I almost guarantee you 99.9.9.9% of them are birthed in selfishness and an unfulfilled expectation. Why don't you just change the expectation? Better yet, why not just not have one? Why not just serve one another and love one another? Why not look to see how you can serve one another? That's what the Bible says. Look not every man to his own things, but to every man also on the things of others. Though those that serve our church rarely have problems with our church. Those that's got the me, me, me thing going have a lot of problems at times. Acts 20, 35, I've showed you all things, house, how that's so laboring you ought to support the weak, to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it's more blessed to give than receive. See, it's not just about money. It's about giving of yourself. And you go into a marriage with an expectation. And many times, especially if it's a expectation, that's probably not going to be met. And I'm honest with you, you're going to, it's a sewage running to the house. Sewage, change the expectation. One of the things I love about serving God is this. I believe God wants the best for us. I believe God wants the best of life for us. But you know what He does when we mess that up? He just gets another dream for us. He may not be that in the beginning, but He makes a, gets another dream. And God gives us another plan. If we, if we mess up the plan here, He just gets another one for us. You know why? Because He loves us. Someone is saying... Self-centeredness 
of any kind is always a movement away from God and consequently a very serious form of disorder. I watched the other week, and well, I, I praise God for this. I, 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 I sometimes preach a lot to our young people, and I would to God, I would to God they knew how much I loved them. I wish they knew how much this preacher cared about them. But I watched this as we took up an offering the other week for, for the fellow for some gas. I watched a couple young people come up and put some money in there. Can I just, I, I don't mean, I, I appreciate every, what everybody did, but I, I watched some young people come up and put some money in. Hallelujah. When they have that giving spirit about them, when they have that spirit of, of unselfishness, then they open the door for God. See, it's the difference between having a closed hand or an open hand. Why don't God ever do for me? He can't. He wants to. He can't. We walk in our homes with that. You need to do that. That's right. He's got bumps. That's always this. But it's never this of saying, what can I do to serve? And an unfulfilled expectation. Me is always at the bottom of all sin. It may spell drink, lust, pride, covetous, self-will, but some form of me. A.W. Tozer said this, Self is one of the toughest plants that grows in the garden of life. It is, in fact, indestructible by any, any human means. But just when we're sure it is dead, it turns up somewhere as robust as ever to trouble our peace and poison the fruit of our lives. Self, me. Oh, in a home, selfishness, self-centeredness is a killer. It's, it's like the woman that says, well, I'll clean house and cook, but nah, the, the bedroom's not for me. It's a man that says, I work hard and I don't beat her, so she'll wait on me when I get home. We fail to realize Ephesians 5.21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Now I've just given you three. And I prayed all week, Holy Spirit of God, I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's the human waste of selfishness and laziness and discontentment and uncommitment and all the list goes on and on. No doubt for some it's the human waste of hatred, home filled with hatred. I, I, I went and visited a home one time, and I, I'll tell you this, and uh, it, it's the most amazing thing. I don't, I don't know how your house is, but I'll tell you how our house is. My, grand, my grandkids comes over, my family comes over. They want something out of the refrigerator, they just go get it. Amen. They ain't suck down a refrigerator full of drinks in just a few days. Don't take them long at all. But you know what? I, what, what I'm glad in good company. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, uh, but you know, that's home. That's home. I went to visit a man. We was working outside. And we went in for lunch. And I'll never forget as long as I live. He, he looked as... 
His wife looked at him and said, Now listen, if you're going to give him something to drink, you make sure it's out of your bottle. And they had their names on all the drink bottles in the refrigerator and nobody was allowed to touch somebody else's drink. I said, that's okay. I'll just drink water. I went home. I said, thank God. Home shouldn't be that way. By the way, just let me tell you the rest of the story. About six months later, they were separated very ugly, very, very, very ugly, very hard, very, very ugly and unkind. Matter of fact, the lady actually went and, and, and hid herself to, for him, keep him from hurting her or destroying her life. You see, this, this sewage, well, aren't you glad tonight that there's no sewage running in through the church? It's all running in some pipes and it's, it runs out. It's got to go. Tonight I prayed all week, Holy Spirit, please, would you open the hearts and allow folks to see honestly what's in their house and what needs to be removed. A few months ago, our pump went out. Well, I guess it's been a year ago now, hasn't it? At least. There's a little red light out there. And when that little red light comes on, I start crying because I know it's going to cost me out the yin-yang to get it fixed. They went down into that thing and the pump had blown apart. And, and so they, they had to pump it out. They had to go down to that thing and, and replace the pump. And they got all the gear to put on. And, 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 uh, and, and you know what? Here's, here's the point I'm going to make. There was not a question. We didn't call a meeting here in the church and say, Listen, we, we got a sewage problem. We need to fix it. What do you think? We didn't do that. Did we? Ronnie, did me and you have any meetings about what we was going to fix it? No, there wasn't no meetings. We, it was no, no issue. It was going to be fixed. had to be. Because you had to, had to deal with it. And you know what? You say, why are you telling us that? I'm telling you tonight, there's some lives that it just needs to be fixed. It's got to be fixed. The red light's on. It's got to be fixed. And you don't have to have a meeting. You don't even have to think about it. If it's uncontrolled anger, you got to deal with it. If it's unforgiveness, you, you need to come get your box. And you say, well, why if I would? No, 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 no. It don't start with them. It starts with you. You let God do what needs to be done with them. All you can do is what's in your heart. It might be you need to come get one of these nice jewelry boxes. And if it ain't big enough, we got some big boxes out there. Get a backhoe, dig your hole. I don't care. Whatever. You got to bury it. And never bring it up again. Devil comes. Jesus, did you see what preacher Jerry did? And Jesus says, Huh? What did he do? Well, he did. two months ago he done this, and two months ago he done that, and I got the record of it. Here it is. And Jesus says, well, let me look. And Jesus says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see what he done. Because he forgives. And oh my goodness, you ain't never done 
what we did to Jesus on a cross called Calvary. We nailed him there. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Would you obey the Lord?